1: CIBC Innovation Banking. Welcome to the Austin Next Spotlight.
0: Hi, Michael. Happy to be here. Glad you are.
1: Tell me a little bit about yourself and about CIBC.
0: Sure. So I think as you mentioned, my name is Jonathan Shupak. I am the the market lead for Austin and Texas for CIBC Innovation Banking. I've been in Austin now for a little over eight years. I was recruited to help build a, a technology banking practice. And my wife and I and our young kids came out to visit Austin and we fell in love with town, the town. My wife had been here previously. She had hoped that we would move here. But Austin has a, a really, I think, unique combination of both a great working environment. You can feel like you're in a major city and a great family environment. It's a very different experience than the New Yorks and L.A.s of the world, where you've got a great I mean, family experience as well with a,
1: still a shorter commute. Yeah, we interviewed Peter Rex about six months ago, and he had moved to Austin in 2020. And he said that, you know, obviously one of the things that's most important is the sale of the spouse. And he said he had absolutely no trouble selling the spouses of his people to come to Austin.
0: Yeah, it's, I think, a place for families to be happy and families to thrive. Tell me about CIBC. Sure. So CIBC, it's a global bank based in Toronto, there were 44,000 employees. And the innovation banking group, which is the part that I'm part of, is focused on lending and serving innovation economy companies throughout sort of North America and actually the, the globe. We now have offices in the, in the UK and clients in APAC as well. And so we work with companies across the spectrum of innovation from you know, software, hardware companies to life sciences and clean tech.
1: Now, one of the things I read was that you guys just injected about a billion and a half dollars in new capital into CIBC Innovation so that you guys can lend it out.
0: Yes. So we have eight billion deployed kind of in the, in the market already in innovation economy companies, and we have earmarked another one and a half, half billion. And I think that's important given the overall economic situation right now. Companies face uncertainty about funding. And uh, we wanted to make sure that companies know that we're here in the market ready to lend in a challenging environment.
1: That's great. How do you interact with the innovation companies here in Austin?
0: So Austin has a great startup ecosystem. There are, I think, over 65 accelerators and incubators. We've got lots of small native seed investors, angel investors, VCs. It, interacting with the companies really kind of starts at that level, with working in the ecosystem, getting introduced through centers of influence, and being available to to answer questions about capital for these founders.
1: Well, clearly, when you talk about innovation banking, a lot of times you're following equity investors. So, is that your normal modus operandi? Do you follow the VCs and the angel investors in, or? Do you are you first money in sometimes.
0: Yeah, I think that you're right. Generally, we follow the equity investors, either the, the venture capital funds or the uh, the private equity funds. We can do some bootstrapped business loans. Generally, the way that the model works is that uh, debt is a is a cheaper form of capital for these companies. So you want to access as much debt as possible as opposed to equity. Once you have a VC kind of in in the company or a private equity investor that's worked with the company, it becomes much more bankable for a bank in term, and it's easier for the, you to access that bank debt. So we tend the industry tends to work around the way that you described.
1: You mentioned that the innovation banking group has centers now around the world. Why Austin?
0: Sure. Yeah. Austin, if you're gonna be in the in the central part of the the, the US, you've got to be in Austin. I listened to a little bit of your Steve Case podcast on the the rise of the rest and I think he's got it like Austin isn't part of the rest anymore. It's really sort of arrived. And be, so you have the, all of the critical uh, infrastructure that you need to start a, start a business here. You've got the great young employee base. You've got the the finance professionals, the finance industry here. You've got all the software en- engineers. and so if startups happen here, companies move here, the headquarters for international companies are, are are moving and locating here. So there isn't, I can't think of a better place to be in the central part of the US and to grow a business than Austin.
1: Now we've got Austin obviously here, but we have the other points of the Texas triangle, Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, San Antonio. I don't know how a triangle has four points, but whatever. How often do you get to the rest of Texas? And how how much business are you doing there?
0: You know, I think you'll see most of the startups are in Austin, I think, in terms of numbers. But Dallas and Houston and San Antonio are great markets as well for for us. There's a different kind of flavor of startups that you sometimes see out of those markets. Houston, a little bit more focused on hardware, clean tech. Dallas, you get a little bit more corporate spinoffs. But those are great. We have clients in those markets. Uh, we we're spend time in San Antonio as well. And so we're really open for business for all the markets. I just happen to live in, in Austin and kind of view this as the hub for our activity in, in Texas. Yeah, I was a
1: commercial lender in California way back when. And I was lucky enough to have a district manager that said, your territory is from Oregon to the Mexican border. I'll pay for you to go anywhere in there as long as you bring home the 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 deals. I said, okay, fine. That's what I liked. It was a lot of fun for those years. Anyway, we're sitting here at the beginning of 2023. We're looking at a very unstable at best economic outlook for the next year. What are you guys doing to work with your companies to help them get prepared for the 2023 economic, I'm not going to call it a crisis, but economic turmoil?
0: I think we mentioned I think the most important thing for us is to let them know that we're a stable bank that we've got a committed amount of additional capital ready to deploy. We're working closely with with founders and companies on their cash forecasting, downside scenarios, helping to understand you know how a company can best navigate uh, this environment and how the bank and the and capital providers uh, think about the environment and what we can do. So we're definitely spending a lot of time answering questions and working with companies through this challenging environment. But we're a full cycle bank, and we're here in good times and you know tougher times economically, and uh, happy to keep serving the market.
1: Well, that's one of the key issues because everybody used to accuse banks of uh, being fair weather friends and running at the first sign of trouble. So I'm glad to see that you guys are here and committed to to Texas and to Austin specifically. Any specific advice you'd be giving to? Uh to startups right now, whether they're clients of yours or
0: not? Sure. You know, we're happy to talk to companies. I think that's one, regardless of where, where they are in their, in their life cycle, and kind of prepare them for how to think about bank debt and when they can access that, whether that's for mergers and acquisitions or growth, whether that's before they raise a venture round or after they raise a venture round. We have a great network. Uh, VCs, and private equity funds that we talk to regularly that we can also uh, introduce companies to. So as I mentioned before, we're having tough conversations with companies right now about the economic environment, but we're happy to step in, work with companies, help them understand the bank market, and when the best time is to access bank debt.
1: That's great. In a lot of cases, companies come here and they work towards their particular business model and how they work. But interacting with the audience, interacting with the people that listen to our podcast, what are you looking for from them? How are you looking to build yourself into uh, this market even more?
0: Sure. So, right now, we've grown to, I think, number two in the US in innovation loans. I think, Texas, we're still a lot of founders don't know who we are, Toronto based bank, but we have a much bigger footprint that would suggest. And so, making sure that founders are aware of what we can offer. And so they they can, uh, you know, if you have more capital providers, that's a better opportunity to get a good deal. Also, you know, we are long-term players in this market. What I found in my time in the industry is that a lot of banks see the opportunity to grow uh, serving technology companies, but they don't necessarily understand the credit side of the story, and so they dip their toes in. They do a deal, then they exit the market, or they do part of the life cycle for a company, but not other parts. We're we're here for the the full life cycle of the company, and we're here for the long run. And so, just like making sure that that founders know about CIBC and make sure they have that as one of the the banks that they're considering for their growth capital.
1: Jonathan Schupack, CIBC Innovation Banking we always kind of end our podcast with the same kind of question. Jonathan, what's next for CIBC and what's next for Austin?
0: Sure, Michael. We're continuing to grow CIBC. We're continuing to build out our suite of products. The ecosystem is always changing and we want to be ready to serve clients in whatever ways they, they need. In terms of Austin, you know, this is a, an exciting leg for the city. I think the interesting thing is now that you know Austin is kind of no longer the rest and it's it's also no longer the most affordable city around. so it can easily continue to differentiate itself as being the place to be for founders. I think of it you know like good products and historically people would look at the sort of differentiate differential between the the cost of living in markets and that would be the main driver for maybe being in Austin and other sm- smaller market. that's probably no longer as big. Of a, of a factor, now it's the great product that Austin has, kind of regardless of the price. And so if you, if you want a premier product, sometimes it costs a little bit more, but it's worth it. And so off for Austin, it's continuing to differentiate itself on that, that the whole breadth of product and, and the ecosystem here, and not just the cost of living.
1: Jonathan, great insight. Thank you so much for being on the Austin Next Spotlight.
0: Thanks, Michael, it's a pleasure.
1: So what's next, Austin? We're glad you've joined us on this journey. Please subscribe at your favorite podcast catcher. Leave us a review and let your colleagues know about us. This will help us grow the podcast and continue bringing you unique interviews and insights. Thanks again for listening and see you soon.